new edition of Nerd Thug Radio, hanging out here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations. And we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. As always, you can check out Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio um, for all the goodies. We do cosplays of the day and all kinds of stuff. And this is the wonderful Friday edition of Nerd Thug Radio. Um, setting you up to enjoy your weekend. And uh, coming at me from the quarantine bunker via Anchor is little brother Nico and then myself. Yep, we're still here. We're still living the dream this time with a very upset dog. So if you hear whimpering in the background, it's because they hate cones. I don't think it's they hate cones so much as they were operated on. I think it's the cone. It's the cone? It's just the cone? It's always the cone. Well, it's like insult to injury, you know? That's, That's a good point. That's what it is. Like, imagine going into surgery and being like, all right, now you got to wear this ridiculous thing and you can't see for, like, the next two years of your life. You are like, awesome. Wait, why can't it see for the next two years? Well, it's not, it's not, it's just being me being very exaggerated. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, like, you don't have peripherals and they run into everything, so. You you skipped that part when you were telling the story. (laughs) It's a blind man's, like, challenge or whatever. You do it for two years. I could never agree to that. Never in a million years. No, I'm too visual. Like, I need it. I need my, my visual inputs. I can't but what it. if you had, like, Cyclops eyes and you could shoot laser beams afterwards? Nope. No deal. Oh, all right, then. I mean, I'm down for a good superpower bet, but that's not the one. <laughs> Being blind to get a superpower? No. Couldn't do it. Uh, maybe for, like... Can Cyclops see in color? No, he only sees in red because of the ruby quartz. Well, that's sad. That's a sad existence. No wonder he's so angry. Yeah, that's why it's so uptight. I never thought about that till just now. <laughs> he's always seeing red. Right. So yeah, that's a, if he's always seeing red, it's literally that's literally a saying. Yeah, he's just always PO'd. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, that's like true color theory right there. It's it's they did a good job back in the day of like instilling tragedy in the in the core concepts of the characters back in the day. Um so like are you saying, are you saying characters aren't tragic anymore? Uh, I'm saying characters aren't as developed and well written as they used to be. There was a time, oh, you know what I'm saying? Big sad. Saying there was a time when people had to try. Weird. There was a time. Um, so like, uh, just kind of riffing off of that concept of there being a time, um, there, the, there was a book that's a, another independent book, Boom Comics is putting out called Seven Secrets. Mm-hmm. And Boom Comics has done really, they've done a great job here lately of like finding these independent books and really blowing them up. Uh, Seven Secrets in pre-sales had done over 30,000 copies, which is huge for an indie book. Um, just great numbers, cool concept. Uh, it seems like there's a secret ninja group who protects the seven secrets of the world, and the seven secrets is like an odd group of like people and like words, and there's like seven secrets that just can that have the power to destroy or change the world, basically. And the first issue came out, and it's the art beautiful the, the the story is interesting but 
it suffers the same thing most modern books suffer, and even my own stories suffer from this. It really could have stood to have a few more pages. Like, they were taking their time telling a story, and they kind of ran out of space. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, there was a time when storytelling was different. Yeah, and I mean, like, it, it's always difficult when it especially comes to, like, visual storytelling, where it's like, how much do you elaborate on this one thing before we're going too far and we're now wasting entire pages on explaining something? Right. Well, I'll be honest. So, having read the first issue, I liked it. Mm-hmm. But I still don't know what the heck's going on. Yeah, I feel like that's a lot of that's a lot of concepts to throw at me. Yeah, so like the first few pages, so the whole first issue is told from the point of view of a character that you don't even meet in the first issue. That's weird. That's a weird, that's a weird line to toe. Isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, this squeaky chair, hold on. So like, I don't know, I feel like there's a lot going on in the story, and it seems like it's going to be a great, interesting story, but it also feels like it needed another... 22 to I don't even know 44 pages like maybe the and that's the problem right like nothing longer than one issue anymore yeah well I, I feel like that's that's I think that comes down to like a concept you know like a concept thing like X the X-Men story I think was such a genius because it's such a small team but with like an infinitely like you can elaborate up as far as you want to go um. Yeah, and, and you're, they did such a, like, there was just something about how they wrote back then where they kind of just rushed through, but not incredibly. Well, yeah, like, it, it's like, well, mutants, like, mutants exist, and here's a team of five of them, and then, like, you go off and you explore their story. So, like, you can go from there, and they can all have their branching pathways and their families, and, like, they get into all of that, like, way later down the line. Like, what I think, I think ambition really hurts a lot of stories. I think that, you know what, I'm, I'm you know, we'll, we'll get personal here. I think that that's probably something I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping my brain around with DMA is if I had a Wayback Machine, maybe I would start with a one-issue story of some kind and mm-hmm. then kick into this. I don't know, maybe, I don't know. It's tough to say. Yeah. The story already shrunk from six issues to three issues, and I think at three it's pretty compact and pretty compelling. Uh, but I was just saying, if you went from one and then to the three, it'd be different. Like the first issue just introduces some of the core ideas, and then I move into the three issue story. Uh-huh. But that might be a really boring first. I don't know. I'm just not sure. And I think yeah, that that's and sort I, of. I think it's a problem, right? Like it's 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 like it's trying to bite off something that's. Can, can potentially be so huge. Right. And so then you also kind of have to ask yourself, are you writing a story? Uh, what's the right way to say this? Are you just, are, are you getting too full of yourself? Kind of, right? Like how much are mm-hmm. you biting off? Is the story going to be worth the payoff? Like, like we still haven't even met who the character is that was speaking. And while I, I you know, I know a little bit about the series, so I have an idea who it is. That's not really how stories work. Yeah. You know, 
Like it's a narrator that you either know or you don't know. Like it, it's weird to have it as being like this third party you haven't met yet. Right. So I don't know, man. Like uh, I don't know. Uh, I feel like, and Tom Taylor is one of the one of the one of the biggest writers in comic books right now. Like this book is going to be a big deal. But right. no, and I don't doubt that it will be. But I, I just think that it's it, it suffers a really, I think, a big problem. Like maybe, and maybe it's just because we're like people are scared of writing smaller stories now. That, you know what, man? Like that might be it. Like, I, like I think, I think to, uh, I think about like Marvel and how they've done such a good job with their entirety of their universe, and the ten years of build up and the ten years of projects and like how it's such a unique and fleshed out universe. But like, if Iron Man just came out as a movie and we never got anything from there. It would have been good enough, you know. Yes, yeah, I do agree with that. I think that there's enough money that got made, and it was enough of a story, and it was enough of a moment. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. And I think what what has really kind of like weaselled its way in is that like everyone wants to be, and maybe this is maybe it's being a little bit like exaggerated by myself, but you know, it's just kind of the way I see things, where it's like. Everyone wants to be the next Marvel. Everyone wants to be the next, you know, 10-year project that takes 10 years and 2,000 people working on it. And like, this entire universe is living, breathing thing when people are really, like, what happens is that when you're, when you're, when you're only focused on big pictures, we don't get small, like, nice character moments, right? We don't see that anymore. Right, and that's sort of the thing, right? Like, I, I want... Uh, for me, for my story, I want both. And it seems like maybe for Seven Secrets, they're going for both also. Um, where they want to do big action, and then they also want to shrink it down and make it about these little relationships. And that's awesome. Um, that's hard to do. And, you know, super hard to do in the first 22 pages, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because it's hard to get across, like, how important and how, like, wide this world goes and also be like... And here's Dave. Right, exactly. Exactly. Like, uh, I, I think... I really enjoyed reading the first issue. And, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm, I've, it's in my pull list. I'm, I'm, I'm probably on it for the long haul. But if somebody read this and then said, I don't want to come back, I don't know that I blame them. And I kind of understand what their frustration is because it isn't a complete introductory issue. We're clearly yeah. part one of an introductory story. Which, I mean, uh, like, for me, that feels bad. I really, I really am disappointed. And it's happened, it happens all the time in anime. And it just makes me livid to no end. And sometimes I wish I'd research shows, uh, shows before I get super invested in them. <laughs> Where, like, it'll end and they'll be like, and that's it. That's all she wrote. And I was like, you know, that that's not how this, that's not how this ends. Where they can say, oh, yeah. The mango has already covered the next 200 billion years of this. We'd have like seven seasons of anime, but that'll never happen. <laughs> and it's like, well, I'm already invested and I hate myself now. Right. Because I got exactly. the beginning of the intro. Sick. Awesome. Awesome. And, and it is kind of that way. It is sort of unfortunately like that where um, there's not another, there's no other path, right? Like, this is this just is yeah. This story's gonna be this story's gonna be seven thousand issues, and you just read issue one, and it's like, 
if you're not on board for the long haul, you know, I mean, I think of like super long running series in Japan, like uh, One Piece is like over like 1100 chapters or something like that. Like, like it's daunting how big this is, but like at least it was enjoyable at the beginning. And it's not like it's like, it wasn't hard to fall in love with the characters, but now the cast is huge now. Right. Right. So and it's like, well, is this going to be a thousand issues or is this going to be like seven? Like, where am I going with this? Yeah. And it's like, what do you introduce? And like, what's the core of the book? Like you have to kind of ask some questions, I feel like, and then go from there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm just kind of, I'm a little disappointed in the storytelling. And, and, yeah. and it's not, listen, it's not a hundred percent of fair criticism. Literally in my book, the DMA, it the first three issues is the first story. Like I, I'm not unaware of the irony of what I'm saying. I'm just surprised to see such a prolific writer do such it's the same thing. Yeah, it's definitely a risk. I think. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Well, it's always risky when you when you do something like that when you create a story where it's like, here's the first issue, guys. It's not even the beginning yet. <laughs> right, and. and yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. And like, I'm, I'm like, like you know my stance on on nonlinear storytelling, where I absolutely hate it. Right. Um, right. And like, that's also like a problem that people seem to run into a lot, where it's like, well, where do we start in time? Do we start, you know, time before time there was beings, or do we start, you know, things are already established? <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, how do we? What do we do for that? I don't know. It's always like people want their stories to start in different places. Some people like them better when it's like just throw me into it and then we'll figure out the world as we get there or you know, I want to know the deepest lore. I want to know where everything has its origins from. So I don't know. Like what would be the best way to tell that story? Especially if something where it's like the first issue isn't even the whole beginning. Yeah, and that's sort of the hard part I feel like of this interesting story is um, it's interesting but like do you know what the seven secrets are? No I don't. Probably not. I don't and I don't know they haven't really explained like where they come from like there's a lot still of uncertainty you, you just know a little bit about like the history of the main character now. Like their background or um, yeah, it's basically the main character talking about his two parents as this guy is storming this, the headquarters of the Seven Secrets and trying to steal the secret that they're protecting. Alright, well, first problem, why would you ever keep a base where secrets lay? <laughs> I mean, well, that's, that's their job. That's, that's what they do specifically. I know, it's just, it's just a stupid racism. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, like, so I don't know what's in the suitcase. I don't know what the secret is that they're protecting. I don't know what the seven secrets even are. Uh, but I think this is yeah. one of those things that, like, slow plays what the seven secrets are. Oh, no, for sure. They're going to they're gonna be issue two where it's just, like, a breakdown of, like, each of them. Right. Like, I'm sure at one point someone's going to be like, we have to go find the fifth secret. And he's like, well, what is the fifth secret? And then they have to tell him. Um, right. Well, I mean, like, it's classic, you know, search and destroy type of deal. 
Right. But it but it is unclear right here. Yeah, I need like I feel like there's a, lot, a little bit more information that could be given. But they basically give the origin story of his of like his parents, like their relationship and how he was made, and why. And but they still, but they still haven't introduced him in the first issue. That's weird. That's real weird. So like it's him telling you the story of his parents, but you still haven't met him. Yeah, that's a weird. That's a weird spot for me. So, yeah. Strange. I don't know, man. I don't know how to feel about that. And I'm interested. The art's really pretty. Uh, and the story seems really interesting. But it is... It a is weird a spot. Weird. Weird spot. Yeah. Um, what's uh, What else has been going on with you? Uh, nothing. I've been crawling my way through uh, Umbrella Academy. Not, not that it's bad, it's just it's uh I just haven't had time to do it. Yeah, you really gotta sit down and watch it. I'm like I got through like I think for six episodes. Okay, so you're about halfway. Yeah, I'm like halfway through. It's been good. I really enjoyed it. Getting the bang the gang back together, like it it feels like the first season, but like it's it's a lot funnier and like and character true. interaction. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I I really agree. I think they do a phenomenal job. In in the um, I think the Umbrella Academy the second season is probably one of the best seasons of television recently at least that I can even recall. You don't watch BoJack Horseman. We're not going to get into that. Shut your mouth about the BoJack Horseman. It's over. Just watch it, please. Now that it's, it's so over, good. there's no need to ever even discuss it again. It's gone forever. Oh, uh, except that it's one of probably the greatest television shows ever written. But you know, it's fine. That's absurd. It's definitely not. Oh, it definitely is. Anyone who's watched it will tell you that. <laughs> well, those people are all idiots. They all hang out together in an idiot farm where they do idiot things. Oh, uh, yeah. That's where me and Zach hang out. At the idiot farm. Yeah, we're gonna... We, we, gotta, we, gotta, we gotta go get, get together and have our 10-hour discussion about how great the Bojack Horseman show is. <laughs> Preferably with you in the room, just to bother you. I'll leave. I won't stay. Oh, you you won't have the option to leave. It's gonna be like one of those padded cells. <laughs> uh, Look, I've, it's the only show I've rewatched more than it's the show I've rewatched the most of anything I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot of shows several times. I think I've I've rewatched all six seasons five, four times. I'm working on my fifth right now. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh, it's good stuff, man. Um, good stuff. Yeah, I doubt that. Um, it kind of reminds, it sounds like, uh, for me, that's West Wing. I've watched West Wing probably five or six times all the way through. Yeah, like, it's just, it's just one of those things that's like, ah, yes, comfort food. But also, because I keep noticing things that I didn't pick up on before, it's very much, like... It's subtle. Yeah. It's subtle and like things get called back to all the time and like there's a lot of there's a lot of they they stay very true to their continuity. Like he uh he like he like sets his ottoman on fire in like episode two and like he doesn't get it fixed till like season three. <laughs> <laughs> it's just sad burned ottoman. That's kinda of funny. Yeah, like stuff like that. Stuff like that. 
Um, yeah, no, I don't. I don't know. I can't get that. Bojack Horseman stole my idea, so they're forever dead to me. Um, yeah, it's just it's you're depriving yourself of such a quality show. I don't. And it's also that. one of the only like Umbrella Academy is a great example of it, where like the subsequent seasons just get exponentially better. Right, because they've already laid a bunch of weird groundwork. Right, because the the end like Bojack Horseman has like such one of the like one of the best like every season after it continuously like is better and better and better, and it it ends so like tragically, but exactly how you want it to. It's it's just great stuff. Yeah, sound like a crazy person. Yep, <laughs> just what I wanted. You and maybe that's fun. just a, maybe that's just a Netflix thing because like we kind of live in an era where like you can do that now, like television's so different from what it used to be. That's a good point. I do think television. I think the streaming stations have changed television, like how you can people, write stuff. Yeah, how they consume stuff. Almost backwards to the comic industry. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I, I can't argue that. I think the comic book industry has really taken a bunch of steps backwards in the last 10 years while television and movies have fundamentally changed and COVID has fundamentally continued that change particularly for movies um, have you seen here where AMC movie theaters have made an agreement with um, Universal where Universal is going to be releasing things to video on demand much faster than they used to yeah. And that comes directly out of the coronavirus, where Trolls 2, of all things, had an impact on the movie world and may have significantly altered how Universal even distributes their film packages. Yeah, like it, it made such a big impact, despite being a literal nothing movie for most people. <laughs> <laughs> you're saying you're not a Trolls fan? Uh, I've seen the first one. Uh, it's weird. A really beautiful art style, though. Like, there's that's one thing I've got to commend. Like, like aesthetically, like that movie is really impressive. Like, it's consistent all the way through, and it's really like it's really cute. Like, it's really well done. Hmm. It's like all the characters are like made of like yarn almost, like an actual trolls doll. Like, where like their hair is all fluffy and stuff. That's kind of neat. But like, that's the whole like everything. Like all the creatures, all the plant life, everything. It's real cool. Do you think... It's also, it's also got weird song choices that really throw me off. Oh, uh, yeah. Cindy Lauper, True Color. That winds up being, like, the big single out of that. Right. And it's like that. Uh, the Gorillas is on there. Uh, like, it's... it's well, and, like, Justin Timberlake and Anna Kendrick are the two main leads, and they have both proven to have extensive musical talent and background to their careers so yeah i mean like like i fully expected it but it was just surprising the first time i watched it with my like two-year-old niece <laughs> i was like oh this is weird <laughs> this, this is pretty this is pretty crazy stuff uh, i could see you getting totally nerded out about something like the trolls but um so the second one wasn't such really a good expected to be that great of a box office thing. The the projections weren't great for the movie, and they yeah, moved it over to sequel. video on demand in the middle of a pandemic quarantine, and blew that up. bad boy blew up the numbers. 
Yeah. Well, it was something new. It was four kids. Kids were bored. They're inside. This oh, was God. kind of like the perfect storm. Yeah, for sure. It really is. Like the movie probably still doesn't warrant the money it made, even. However, uh, parents were just like something new for the kids to watch. Yes, put it on. I'll, you know, right two, now. three bucks to buy it. Sure. I think I'm sure it was more. Than, I'm sure it was fifteen, twenty. Well, yeah, but like to like rent it or whatever. Have you heard the numbers? The projected number for Mulan. No. Disney has announced that Mulan will essentially be available for purchase or rental, I think, rental, via the Disney Plus app at $30. Uh, That's kind of steep. So, I've seen some people with some theories and some projections as to why they get to that number. Yeah, that's a weird spot to land on. So at $30, they still protect the quote-unquote at-home video-on-demand market. In like other words... What, what people are willing to spend on it? Yeah, in other words, DirecTV could still rent this bad boy out for three ninety nine for four months later. You know what I mean? Right. Because they start so high. But by starting so high... If they treat this how I treat things in the sense of, like, who's going to pay for it, it's probably 1% or maybe 1% of 1% of the active subscribers. But they've got something like 300 million subscribers. So 300,000 people at 30 bucks a pop, you're still at, like, 9 million, I think. Yeah, but, I mean, that's, I mean, fair. But, but I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a brutal number. $30. Uh, you're basically telling me I gotta go to the movies without going to the movies. Like that's half the fun. It is, it is, but some people started doing the math and they were like, "Shoot, if I take a date to the movies, I'm spending more than thirty dollars to take." And it's like twenty five bucks, twenty bucks already, plus two drinks and some popcorn. You're 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 already close to fifty bucks. No, yeah, but you also get to you know leave your house and then go see it on a gigantic screen, which not everybody versus... sees as a bonus. Leaving your no, house but... to do something is not the kind of incentive it used to be. Well, not anymore, and I mean, obviously not right now. I mean, that's what they're pricing that. I mean, they're pricing it for right now. Listen, but what I'm saying, like, I'm, I'm talking about like leaving your house as an incentive, like not right now. Yeah. Although some people, that's the exact opposite. They're like, please get me out of my house. Please, I'm going to die. (laughs) Any reason whatsoever, I will leave. I will go to the grocery store twice today, and I don't even want to go there. (laughs) Would you leave to see a movie right now? Oh, no. I don't think so either. Which. Well, I wouldn't, like, there's nothing for me out there, anyways. I live in a, I live in a, I hang out with the, like, few people I know, and that's it. So I think they're saying New Mutants might debut in theaters the end of this month. I mean, I hope New Mutants eventually comes out. I remember when we talked about that, like, two years ago. Yeah, at this point, like, these actors aren't even going to look like this anymore. If they ever have to do media for this, they're going to be like, uh, I don't even remember filming this scene. Yeah, I was about 12 when this happened. (laughs) It's been over two years. And, most impressively, there were a bunch of reshoots they were going to do, and they never did them. Right, that was the fun part. So... I don't know. Like, I don't know what happens now. And I don't know how this fits into everything. And that's the other thing, right? That was also the perfect storm, but in the bad way. Correct. I think they've got it flip-flopped. I think you release New Mutants 
as an at-home order, and you put Mulan in theaters. Yeah, but I I kind of like one. I don't care about the 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 live action remakes at all. This one looks way different, though. They've kind of abandoned the Eddie Murphy animated dragon element. They've made this more about the Boxer Rebellion, I think. I'm not totally sure who this, what, like, what era of Chinese history this is. I thought this was Attila the Hun for the longest time, but I know that's not who it is. Uh, you, you, you could be just as right as I could be. I have no idea, um, especially because they changed the story some. So I don't know. Right, and like, there's like a, there's like a actual like wizard lady. Yeah, there's a witch lady in this one. Which, I mean, like, I get it. It's, like, totally different. And that's what I would prefer it to be. But, honestly, the story of Mulan is, like... It's not your story? No. I like, I love it. I love Mulan so much. But I'm saying, like, it's it's already solidified in my head. Is like, this is Mulan. It's never going to change. So, could they win with fireworks? Isn't that what they did the first time? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think this movie's going to be won over with the fireworks spectacular. Right. Um, oh, they did cause an avalanche. That was crazy. And on the bold prediction of fireworks for the win, I'm going to say let's take a break right here and we come back to more Nerd Thug Radio. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Hey, Conros, it's Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, hanging out here, just enjoying my quarantine time at home, and I hope everyone else is doing the same, social distancing and minding their manners and listening to the orders while we get all this health stuff, health prices straightened out and get this pandemic under control. I hope everyone's doing their part to flatten the curve, but doing their part also means supporting small businesses. Local businesses here in Conroe, uh, restaurants, things of that nature that have been able to stay open, they require the support of their community, so take out uh, is a good option to do. So reach out to those places, order some takeout food if you can afford it and if it's reasonable. Uh, I'm not asking anyone to risk their health, but this, the community has always relied on the, itself to support itself. And this is one of those times where as Conroe, we can stand up together and take care of small businesses and entrepreneurs who have been taking care of us this whole time, helping Montgomery County grow into one of the fastest growing counties in all of America. Uh, thank you very much and stay safe and stay tuned for more Nerd Thug Radio. This is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back, Conroe, to more Nerd Thug Radio, coming at you on 104.5, 106.1, these sister stations, streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Uh, before we get too far into anything, Nico, go ahead and tell our friends about The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is open and at full operating hours. Uh, you are required to wear a face mask if you do intend to come inside. But if you don't, they still have curbside and delivery services available. Their online store is still up. Uh, check their page for any inventory and stuff that they got going on. Uh, they still have, they have table space available. Also at limited capacity. But it's open. It's available. First come, first serve. Uh, they do got some stuff going on. They still got their their game nights going. 
Um, everyone's taking extra precautions to make sure everything is clean and safe and everyone's exercising the most amount of caution possible. It's a fantastic store with wonderful staff. Uh, the adventure begins, comics, games, and more. Still, we got the free comic book summer. Can't forget about this. Uh, it's going all the way up to September 9th, so you still got a couple weeks in. Uh, just show up, get your free stuff, get a little stamp, and you can turn that stamp in at the end of the program to get free loyalty points, and who doesn't want those? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, we use that points for all kinds of stuff, discounts or private rooms even. That's right. Yeah, the Adventure Begins comic seems more right there on 1488. Okay, I've got pulled up here a, a review for the Seven Secrets. I told you we would uh, we would look this over. I told you that during the break. They uh, they gave it an eight out of ten. Okay, well, assuming five is average, that's pretty high praise. I would think so. I'm not going to read all of it here. Uh, they gave it a buy rating. Um, this is kind of the important part, I suppose. The facts are these. There are seven secrets. Words, wonders, weapons, and worse, with the power to change the world in a heartbeat. Each is guarded by a keeper and a holder. Highly trained protectors. Um, it doesn't imply that one of the secrets is what happened to Atlantis. And there's at least two of the secrets that seem to be able to fit inside of a briefcase. But other than that, there's no telling what they are. All right. There was a character introduced that does have a pretty cool title. Tayana is the keeper of the first secret. That seems like a that just seems like a cool job. Very uh, important one, I feel like. But yeah, like it's um, you just don't know. You don't you don't have a ton of information. And I think that that's that might be deliberate. I, I don't know, but. Well, I mean, it's just all about the mystery. That's like most of the interesting stuff, right? I suppose. And then it's like, take this journey with us. Um, I got a uh, an interesting compliment this week. All right. I uh, I debuted a new character in my Dungeons and Dragons for my group. Oh, okay. Remember, um, Jeff the Black Dragonborn? Uh, he rolled sacrificed himself. himself. That's right. He he went out a hero's way. And so I got to make a new character and mm-hmm. I came up with this idea. It's a, uh, I think they're called like shadow based halflings or whatever. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they have the, they have telepathy as like a an ability. Um, by the way, it's listed under languages and D and D weird, which is weird. Um, but then also I, it's a monk and I've shadow fall trained it. So like, specializes in the darkness and all that um and basically i made robin from young justice pretty sick yeah so i'm pretty stoked about that he's got a quarter staff um he uses five modified uh spell component pouches which if you read the description for spell component pouches it's like watertight uh each one is intricately organized with all the different little sections that uh, to hold components for spells. Mm-hmm. So basically I said, okay, so he's got five of those on a belt, and within those he's modified them to hold all of his gear. All his little knickknacks and utility will, basically. Right. So then I went through and built like a, like a little inventory of stuff that would be in his utility belt. Pretty dank. So like... Small bombs, explosive acorns, like just different 
things, little vials of acid, ether, ball things like bearings. that. What? Ball bearings. Ball bearings, caltrops. They're all there. Um, so I definitely, I definitely tried to play him like he was Robin too. Like uh, early on, I crossed paths with the rest of the group and we're walking into this mansion and we get ambushed. And one of the things I have, my old character had two magical items, so I went ahead and gave the new guy two magical items. And one of them is slippers of spider walking. Ooh. So I run up the side of the wall to the ceiling, and then I drop down explosive acorns or explosive seeds. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Um, and we were fighting these like weird like wraith monsters, and the explosion and the light hurts them, so they take like double damage. It was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. And so, like, throughout, I kept trying to do, like, I tried to do, like, smart things with it mm-hmm. and stay and stay hidden with the shadow step and coming out and surprising people and stuff like that. Um, I haven't quite mastered when to use the Kai points and when not to, but I'm working on it. The key points? The key points, the Kai points, whatever they're called. Um, and so I definitely, it was cool, but at the end, the Dungeon Master was like, I really like this new character. I thought it was interesting. That's cool. I was like, yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I made a cool character. <laughs> Congrats. That's what you always want to hear, right? You want to hear that you, that you don't suck at making a character. That's like my number one fear, but all my characters are the exact same, and I love them anyways. <laughs> this guy is just like the last guy. Um, but the last guys were fun to play, so it was fine. <laughs> so, one of the, so one of the guys I play with in this group uh, and it's a private group, so I'm not going to name names or anything. He does a cool thing. He's a warlock, but his family is who has made the deal with the wizard, with the demon or whatever. Yeah. And anytime somebody in the family dies, another member of the family becomes the new like vessel for the warlock. Um, that's kind of cool. That is kind of neat. So like every time you see one of them, like. That's the member of the family that has oh. the power. That's kind of cool. And so, but like they're all related to the same noble family. I was like, oh, that is kind of interesting. That's kind of a neat way to do it. I mean, it makes sense too. Like that, that follows canon pretty well. Yeah. And so then also the neat thing is like he gets to kind of his, he can use the same character throughout the stories without really kind of like breaking anything because. Well, it's just a different iteration. Right. Which is neat. Pretty good. It's pretty future-proof. That is pretty neat. So, there's been a bunch of stuff going on at DC Comics. This will probably be what we wrap up the show on here. Uh, and I want to preface it by saying, I am in no way celebrating people losing their jobs. Okay? It's not what this story is about to me. Um... But Warner Brothers, AT&T, went through and did a lot of cuts on Monday this week, including, I think the count is like around 20 different editors and middle management type people at DC Comics. Oof, that's a lot. Including the entire collectibles line. Like, everyone who works at DC Collectibles is now gone. That's crazy to me. I think they're just going to turn it completely over to McFarlane Toys 
because he made this first generation of action figures this year, and they're awesome looking. I think they're happy with that. I think they're happy working with him, and I think they're just gonna. Just well, like, yeah, and I feel like I feel like you know now that you mentioned it, DC Collectibles hasn't really done anything that people have been like, ooh, yeah, in like they ha- four years. Been, other than Batman statues, it's been fairly underwhelming. Because I remember when that first like that first like I think like this is it the seven inch or like the six inch like Justice League came out and like that big box set and everyone was like head over heels with it like right. four years ago. Yeah, I remember. Like that. I remember it was it was about it was around the time you had your store. Yeah, when I first started yeah. going to Conclusa. Like they were a big deal, but like I haven't anything anywhere near that hasn't happened since. No, and and they release like they do weird. Their lineups are like four or five, whereas the Marvel Legends typically releases six to eight. These guys release like four or five at a time from any sort of launch, and that's really just kind of an odd number. I don't know that it. I think I think it also comes down to like there's so many like cool characters in DC, but they're all like really centralized. Well, that sort of came up. So DC used to have an internal policy where if a character was derivative of a previous iteration, the new creator doesn't get credit. Um, so hmm. in other words, when James Robinson made Starman, and this is the the other brother, the other son as Starman, and he's not wearing a costume or any of that, that's not technically... James Robinson didn't create a new iteration of Starman. Um, Starman still was based on the old version, so the old Starman creator is who gets credit. Um, hmm. So Stargirl, the new TV show, Stargirl was created by Jeff Johns. However, there was a previous Stargirl a million years ago in DC Comics. Also, she's clearly using Jack Knight's staff, and she's clearly based on the Stars and Stripes characters and all of that that came before. Right. Well, he was credited in the credits of the TV show for the creation of Stargirl and got an executive producer credit. And there was another writer, and I don't remember who it is, but it's someone from the 80s in DC where he did a bunch of characters that were quote-unquote derivative and therefore got no credit. He's like, hey, congratulations to Jeff Johns for getting credit for these works. I look forward to hearing back from DC now that I'm the creator of it. He lists like 10 characters. (laughs) Oh, what a rough shot, buddy. My uh, my reply to that was a meme of Kermit drinking tea. Oh, <laughs> I love that meme. I was like, I was like, way to celebrate the success of your friend for purely selfish reasons. But I'm just saying, it's not my business. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just over here saying. But uh, I mean, he has a point. That's kind of real stupid. He, he has a point for sure, absolutely. Uh, and uh, this current era of. Big studios coming in and investing a lot of money in properties. More than ever, he has a valid point, but he's clearly asking for money. Yeah, but he did make those characters. It's hard, it's hard to be like, uh, yeah, but still. I don't know. I feel like to an extent, at least by the 80s, you knew what you were getting into when you created new characters. Yeah, no, that's true. Like, at that point, so I think it's Chris Claremont who basically... Like he creates Alpha Flight, he creates all this stuff, creates the bulk of the Marvel, of the X Men, you know, uh, zeitgeist. Like most of what you know about X Men is, is Chris Claremont, um, 
and he gets credit for it, but it's not like it's not like he's getting big checks for making the Alpha Flight. You know what I mean? Like, no one's really busting down the door for Sasquatch. Although he has like three hero clicks and action figures. It's just something about a big ape man that seems to feel. I mean, it's so sellable. It's I mean, people literally die for this, and yet no comic books or movie, TV show, or video game. Yeah, but how how great would an Alpha Flight show be? I think we talked about this once before. Um, I think it would be funny. I don't know how great it would be. Yeah, but like you play it off, kind of like how uh, DC I'm... did with the uh, like. Uh, what's that? What's that one show that they did? Legion of Doom, not Legion of Doom. Oh, Doom Patrol. Yeah. Okay. Where it's yeah, like I kind think, of a silly. I think you do it Canadian. I think we're like. Alpha Flight is, is sort of like the Superman of Canada, and like you're telling the story of a lower level Canadian hero, but Alpha Flight just keeps showing up and saving the day. Right. And he's like, no, tell me that's not Alpha Flight at the press conference. Like, he's just always frustrated with it. I think that would be kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but I don't know the show. I don't know how interesting a show about Alpha Flight would be. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe they're the most interesting background characters you've ever seen. Yeah, because like, if you went the other way, you'd have to get dramatic with it, and I don't know how much it plays dramatically. Like, or you don't because they're Canadian and they're like, <laughs> like, what if like, the crime they stop is really mundane stuff? <laughs> it's really insulting to Canada. I'm sure they have real crime in Canada. Oh, no, I'm sure they do, but uh, I'm sure they have, know. I'm sure they have terrible people in Canada too. They can't just ship them all. Down. Yeah, but they're not from Canada. <laughs> they're, they're Americans living there illegally. Right. They're yeah, like yeah. somewhere else. Like every Canadian I've ever met has just been. Real nice. <laughs> that's not true. I say that immediately. It's not true. I don't think that's true. I, I, I don't know any Canadians though, but I just gonna, I'm gonna say that. I know I know one Canadian, and I'm not I'm not a fan. <laughs> Ooh. Um. All right. So let me get to this real quick though, because we did mention it. So I at least want to complete the story. So DC laid off a bunch of people, and it seems like it's canceling plans for its G5 plans, which for those who remember. They were bringing, They wanted to introduce like a new generation of heroes. Um, so like they Batman, said, rebooting Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman for the seventh time. Yeah, they were basically going to age those characters some and let new young people run the show. And it feels like and seems like they've completely backed away from that. Right, because Wonder Bros was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa. we still want money, guys." <laughs> yeah. Who's Batman? No, I don't think so. It's Bruce Wayne. <laughs> and you what know what's, sad, you know what's dumb world. about this whole thing? Hmm. It's comic books. If you want a G5, you could literally just do a G5 universe. Like a whole little line. Just release it. Like the Ultimate Universe. Right. It's People love the Ultimate You could totally universe. do that. People love the Ultimate Universe. Yeah, it was a. Cool... And if they like them enough, you can just cross them over. This right. is not new concept, guys. <laughs> but instead, they wanted to just do it right in the middle of real continuity like that. And I think that that that's the kind of odd decision making that I think can have a long term effect on if you have a job or not. I think I think that's a lot of also. I want to be important. I want my stuff to be canon. Yeah, I think that's part of it too. Like, I, I do agree with that. I just want to get paid to tell my stories. Like, I don't care how canon or not canon it is. Yeah, like think of think of how great this alternate timeline, uh, not Warblade, um, Wildcat story. <laughs> Warblade is a Wildcat. Yeah. Oh, I'll totally listen. If the right person calls, I'll have a, I'll have a Wildcat story tomorrow for him. Um, 
but yeah, I just I think I think that you're right. So everybody wants everything to be canon, and then some people, yeah, they just can't accept the. I, I don't think it was a good idea ever to begin with. And so I think that that probably played a role. Also, the DC Universe. Now that there's an HBO Max app owned by AT and T, the DC Universe has canceled the option to purchase a year long subscription at once. Because um, who knows how long it's going to be around? I actually I think that's a lot of what it has to do with. I think over time they're going to cancel each linked option until they get to the point where everyone's just month to month, and then one month it just goes away. Yep. So within and, uh, within like a year, like the countdown has started. Now that no one can option out option in for a year again, wait and see. Man, it's going to be crazy. Who knew this was going to be? It, it was this is like the shortest lived streaming service ever. Well, listen, the streaming services are going to go. Some of them are going to lose. They're going to start to go away. Like Hulu won't stand on its own, especially not if it's just adult Disney. Yeah, pretty much. Um, And on that note, we're going to jump out of here. We're up against time. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening. On behalf of little brother Nico and myself, and the adventure begins, comics, games, and more. Same nerd thug time. Same nerd thug channel. Be kind, be courteous, be safe, be wonderful to each other, take care of each other. Uh, remember to vote, get registered now, and um, fight the power of Black Lives Matter. Thank you, guys. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon, and coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Hey, Conros, this is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, hanging out here, just enjoying my quarantine time at home, and I hope everyone else is doing the same, social distancing and minding their manners and listening to the orders while we get all this health stuff, health crisis straightened out and get this pandemic under control. I hope everyone's doing their part to flatten the curve, but doing their part also means supporting small businesses. Local businesses here in Conroe, uh, restaurants, things of that nature that have been able to stay open, they require the support of their community. So takeouts uh, is a good option to do. So reach out to those places, order some takeout food if you can afford it and if it's reasonable. Uh, I'm not asking anyone to risk their health, but the community has always relied on itself to support itself. And this is one of those times where, as Conroe, we can stand up together and take care of small businesses and entrepreneurs who have been taking care of us this whole time, helping Montgomery County grow into one of the fastest-growing counties in all of America. Uh, Thank you very much, and stay safe, and stay tuned for more Nerd Thug Radio. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well, and I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio.